everyone. Welcome to What Really Works, a mental health podcast for young adults and youth. In these podcasts, you can expect to hear us chat about mental health and provide well-being tips and tricks with the odd joke thrown in. What Really Works is brought to you by Discovery College, an initiative run by the Canadian Mental Health Association Kelowna, where lived and living experience and learned experience informs everything we do. Now let's get started with today's episode. Hello, What Really Works listeners. Hello. Today, we will be discussing how... (laughs) (laughs) Do you know? (laughs) What are we discussing today, Becky? You know what? (laughs) To our listeners, we've actually not been able to kind of create a a short word version of what we're going to talk about today. So We literally have a note here. Can you scroll up in our notes? This is it. Oh, okay. We have a note here that says supporting ourselves for when we're preparing for a hard time. And in quotes, it says definitely need to work out how to say this better. Ha ha. (laughs) And now it's time for us to record. I'm looking at our notes. I'm saying, hey, what really works listeners? And I got to introduce the topic. And I don't know how to say it any better than today we're going to be discussing supporting ourselves when we are preparing for something that might be hard for us emotionally in our lives. That's what we're talking about, right? Yeah, and this kind of came about because, uh, what's the date today? The 6th of November, the Friday. So this actually kind of came about because at the moment, we don't really know what's going on with the American election. And Olivia's American and... (laughs) (laughs) Talking about yourself in third person. (laughs) And if I'm being honest, um, yeah, ever since, you know, the election started on the Tuesday... I've been pretty nervous. Um, Our What Really Works listeners, if you've been listening for a while, you know that I have some trouble with my anxiety. Um, If you haven't, welcome. I have trouble with my anxiety. And it's been a bit of a rough time for me during the past couple days, Um, especially, you know, I have the privilege of living in Canada now, but all of my family still lives in the States. And, you know, that's that's where I'm from. So it does definitely impact me to see what is happening and also kind of live on that edge of the precipice of you know what is what is going to happen but all of that to say before that Tuesday you know before the election actually kicked off I think the majority of Americans and also a lot of people around the world figured that you know it was going to be a tumultuous day emotionally for a lot of people so I had to think about how I was going to prepare for that Mm -hmm. and That's something that we should do for a lot of different things that happen in our lives is think about if we have a hard day coming up, whether it be maybe we have a big test or, um, you know, like maybe there's an election or something that we know is going to hit us. Christmas. Christmas. Exactly. Oh, that's such a good point. Yeah, Yeah. Christmas. What do we do? How do we mentally and emotionally prepare ourselves for something that doesn't often sit well with us Mm -hmm. or can be harder to work through? Yeah, so I think it's really important, and this is going to be something that we talk about probably throughout the whole of today's episode, is working out that and treading that fine line of knowing when something in the past has been hard for us, or knowing that we are starting to feel anxious about something coming up in the future, and kind of recognizing that's been a hard time previously. How do we walk that fine line of being able to support ourselves and prepare ourselves, but also not cross the line into where we start catastrophizing and feeling out of control or having the impact of that anniversary or some some kind of event happening to the point where it starts affecting us from that moment. 
Yeah, so I think maybe what we can do is break it up into two different parts today. Maybe we'll begin by, you know, discussing what we can do in preparation to support ourselves. And then in the after that, we'll discuss, you know, if you're already at a place where you are potentially catastrophizing something that's coming up or anticipating something being negative or negatively affecting you too far in the future, what you can do to try to to try to switch that up a bit. Okay, where do you want to start then? So we're starting on this idea of preparing. Yeah, so I'll just start with some of the things that I did to prepare myself for the election coming up. I tried to get a really early night's sleep on that Monday night to make sure that when I woke up the next day on Tuesday, I was not sleep deprived. And the reason I don't want to be sleep deprived is because that can really impact our emotions the next day and how capable we are of regulating our emotions. I think that's a really great point, actually. Yeah. Starting simple. Yeah. Starting simple with thinking about how much sleep you're going to get the day before. I woke up after that and I was like, okay, now what I need to do is I need to feed my body. So I'm going to take the time to make myself a nutritious and big breakfast so that I have the energy the physical energy to get through this day. You're exactly right. Starting with the physical stuff because the physical stuff is, it's not easier, but it's stuff that probably a lot of us are maybe more knowledgeable about. It's a lot of stuff that we get taught at school, right? Is or in our lives is like, get a good night's sleep, eat well, move your body. All these things make us feel better. And, you know, our physical body and our mental side of ourselves are so well linked that you say like, if you're starting with a really good base that's going to help us be able to support ourselves longer in the yeah it sets the tone right often those small things will really set the tone for your day so after breakfast you know I kind of moved from the more physical things into exactly what you're describing of the more like emotional and mental side of things so I actually set two intentions for my day and I wrote them on my mirror so that I could be reminded of them throughout the day my first intention is that I was going to approach myself with kindness and grace And then my second intention was to just do the best that I could. So those are the two intentions I set for my day. And every time I went to the bathroom, saw them on my mirror, I was reminded of that, right? To be kind to myself and to just like do the best that I could, which might just be getting through the day. It's about those expectations that you're setting yourself, right? Is rather than just being like, yeah, I'm going to go on and pretend that everything is totally fine. That's the expectation that I'm setting myself and I'm hoping that everything, if I just kind of keep on plodding along, is going to be great. Whereas instead, you know, you're giving yourself like kind, non-judgmental expectations of like, I'm going to lower them. And what I do today is that's okay, no matter what it is. If it's just getting through the day, that's more than good enough. Yeah, absolutely. And that can apply in so many different situations, you know, like I'm kind of walking the listeners through my routine for the election, but there's so many other times in our lives where we might want to just make sure that we take care of ourselves physically and mentally in preparation for something, whether that be, I know Becky, you were telling me about something. About me in gyms. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So I... Yeah, I don't even know where this has come from, but I've kind of had some negative experiences within like fitness, fitness settings. It's not even fitness studios. It kind of came about when I joined like a rock climbing gym. And for some reason, one time I went, I felt quite anxious. And then the next time I kind of worked myself up before I even got there um, and ended up having a panic attack. And ever since then, I've kind of avoided anywhere that's in relation to fitness and health, kind of in part of 
me catastrophizing a little bit about that experience and kind of spreading that, applying that experience in my life to different areas. So a big thing for me actually that I found to be helpful because this week I actually did a big goal and I went to a fitness suite and went to a gym class. Ooh, good for you. Yeah, and part of it was, I guess it's two parts actually, which is definitely involving this idea of like preparing myself and kind of preparing my mindset. One thing was I realized the way I was talking about fitness suites and gyms and I realized I was grouping them all together as one experience. So I was kind of like all gyms make me feel really anxious and on edge, which meant, you know, when I would then think about, oh, maybe I do want to join a gym. I want to be able to work on my fitness and be able to see a coach or somebody who actually can like help me with that. I then found I was like, well, all gyms make me feel anxious, so I don't want to do that. So because I realized I was doing that, I was like, I need to flip the way I'm talking about this. And I actually need to reflect this more in reality because not all gyms make me feel anxious. I had a bad experience in one place that definitely made me feel a little bit anxious about other places. So I kind of then avoided them. And I needed to actually more acknowledge that I'd had a bad anxiety provoking experience before. And that was hard, but that doesn't necessarily mean that every time that's going to be my experience. So I kind of flipped it from all gyms or fitness suites make me feel really anxious to the point where maybe I'm going to have a panic attack to flipping it to I've had a bit of a rough time before, but I'm going to do things so that I can maybe take baby steps in being able to go there and just checking in with myself and seeing how I feel. So a big thing for me also in this preparation thing was research for myself and making it feel safe for me. Mm, yeah. So I knew if I went to a fitness suite where there was lots of people, even within like COVID guidelines of lots of people, whatever that might be for that specific place, I was like, that's not going to be for me because I'll immediately just feel anxious around other people. So I did a lot of research. I actually went to a lot of fitness places and just kind of checked them out beforehand, like kind of rang them, asked them what like their processes were asked them if I they would, could take me on a little tour to see how things are. And I kind of found one place where they only let four people in at one time. Ooh, perfect. Yeah. And the guy I met with is the instructor. And I kind of then was like, okay, I'm going to have a conversation with him about how I feel about James. And I was like, hey, I am anxious about this. And I was like kind of setting these boundaries and these small steps for myself where instead of it was like, instead of thinking, all gyms make me feel anxious, but I want to go to the gym. So I'm just going to push myself to I've had a bad experience and I'm going to do these baby steps and find what's right for me and find what feels safe for me. So then that meant that first time I actually went, I was definitely still more anxious, but because I'd, I'd kind of made myself feel more in control of the situation. I didn't feel as out of control. I wasn't thinking this situation is going to completely overwhelm me. I was kind of more focusing like, you know, you've spoken to the instructor, you know, there's only going to be three other people there maximum, you know where the exits are, if it's too much, like (laughs) you're in control of when you choose to leave, that kind of stuff, which definitely helped me feel more prepared for that anxiety provoking situation. Yeah. So Becky has just hit like a whole bunch of points. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. No, don't be sorry. No. So she just hit a whole bunch of points. So one of them being what I would kind of describe as cognitive behavioral therapy type technique, right? Of thinking about the way that you're that you're processing your thoughts and then rerouting that thought in a way that is more supportive for what you're actually experiencing 
as well as Becky touched on the fact that trying to be in more control of our surroundings can sometimes lead us to more like anxiety provoking thoughts. But at the same time, if we know that something is anxious for us, we can actually set up those boundaries for ourselves, which allow us to exercise a healthy amount of control over a situation that might have caused us some sort of um, trauma in the past. Yeah, so I guess maybe we'll break down those a little bit more since, <laughs> since I just like threw them all out at the same time to everybody. So let's start with that like reframing of our thoughts. So I use the example of old gyms make me feel anxious versus previously I felt anxious and had a panic attack at one place. Um, You're not globalizing. Exactly, right? I'm not thinking, I'm not applying one experience to all future experiences. Or all potential experiences. That's a really good point, actually, saying like potential experiences. So I think it's kind of just about... And a really great way of doing this is actually by writing it down, what your thought is about something, an event or an anniversary or a test, whatever it is that's coming up for you that you're anticipating could be hard or difficult. Yeah. And then what you can do is you can look at what you've written and the way you've written it and think about the words you've used. So if we're using words like all or always, things like this, like you say, that's like kind of globalizing that one thing and we're kind of setting ourselves up to fail and feel more anxious if we're saying this always happens or all of these things are going to affect me whereas instead if we kind of flip it and maybe we change it from I always feel like this on this date to in the past I've or previously I felt like this on this date so I'm going to do things to support myself instead right it's just kind of about flipping that narrative Yeah. And in addition to flipping that narrative, you can also kind of switch the the focus of whatever you might anticipate as being like a negative experience. So, for example, um, I had one of my friends that was close to me when I was younger pass away. And for a long time, I referred to that day as like a, a death anniversary. Right. And it was something that I did actually cross that line of always thinking about that that day is going to be hard like oh in two months that day is going to be hard oh you know what I mean so thinking about it too often um so what I ended up doing is exactly what you're saying and switching what I'm focusing on so instead of calling it like a death anniversary calling that day a memorial day right it can be something that's positive it could be a time to reflect it can be a a time to celebrate like a day of celebration and saying that to myself instead which actually reduced how anxious I would get in um, anticipation of that the second thing that I actually mentioned and you pointed out Olivia was that idea of control and I guess even you talking about flipping that narrative to a memorial day is around that sense of control and change as well right because that idea of kind of having something completely out of your control to then kind of thinking about what can I focus on and changing it for yourself to be more of a day of celebration more of a day of memories a memorial is gaining that sense of control as well and control is something I think we mentioned actually in our first ever episode about stress and anxiety yeah so control is interesting because you know, like I briefly said, we don't want to try to control everything that is around us because if we're always trying to control things around us, then we're going to experience more anxiety because you cannot control 
um, like the larger things that happen to us, right? We can't control other people's beliefs, um, the things that happen to us, other people's values and opinions and all that sort of stuff. But when we, what we can control are specific things related to us, right? And how we think about something, which is beneficial and also a healthy strategy of reducing anxiety. Yeah, especially when that anxiety anxiety is something that's provoked by like you say an anniversary or something that's coming up and we're kind of predicting for ourselves that this is going to be a hard time now one thing that people might be actually thinking is how do I gain a sense of control or think about what I can control when it is an event something like the USA election how do I focus on myself and what's going on for me when what I'm kind of feeling stressed and anxious or grief Whatever it is that we're feeling is something that feels so out of our control. How do we find a sense of control within that? That's a hard question, right? I'm looking at Becky with wide eyes because she threw that one on me and I'm like, (laughs) I have no idea. How do we? It's hard. Sometimes this is where I find having conversations really helpful. I'll give an example. A while ago, I was asked to use the example of what can we do when we can't see our family? And one of the things I was asked to do was talk about like cognitive reframing for a minute. That obviously hits home for me being British. And I'm like, oh, I can't see my family. I don't want to cognitive reframe this. I feel out of control when I think about not being able to see my family. And it's something where I had to go home and speak to my partner and be like, that person asking me that question actually made me feel really out of control and made me feel really sad. And I don't know what to do about it. I don't even know where to go from there and be able to like, not move on from it, but maybe accept it. I kind of needed somebody's outside perspective of being like, well, like I know that you can't control being able to go home, but you can control maybe how much you speak to your family or how you choose to connect with your family. You know, do you want to maybe, you've mentioned this to me before as well, like maybe do you want to think about like even writing to your family so that you've got something like physical to connect you both with? Or do I want to look at doing like Zoom calls instead of over the phone calls, which I normally do so I can actually see my family and things like that where it's like I need to focus on what I can do, like small goals, small wise that I can feel more in control, feel more connected with what's going on for me so that I can kind of manage this like long-term tough stressor. Yeah, so I guess that does relate to what I was saying earlier of, you know, I controlled the things that I could control in in relation to the election of like who I surrounded myself with, what kind of activities I did throughout that day to make me feel good and like my thoughts and my opinions on it, right? And another thing that Becky said there that's super important and I don't know if if she even realized that she said it, but the fact that before Becky could begin to, you know, really focus on those goals of what she could control, she had to accept that that larger thing was outside of her control. Um, so often actually going through that process, that thought process and accepting the fact that we can't control something larger that's happening to us is a really productive thing to do to begin then focusing on the things that you actually can Um, addressing what you can't to then think about what you can is a really great place to start. Yeah. And I guess it, you know, that acceptance that you're talking about is going to be so powerful when it comes to this idea of supporting ourselves when we're preparing for a hard time. You know, if we accept that maybe this is going to be something that's tricky for us, you know, maybe 
I've got an exam coming up and I'm understandably feeling anxious about it because it means a lot to me. If I accept that I might find this test difficult and I might be worried about it, that's going to be really powerful in me creating some space in my brain to be able to say, so what do I want to do about it? How can I support myself for that gives you a place to start instead of just looking at this big mess of things that are like all piled together it gives you a chance to say okay here take away all the things I can't control and let's just focus on those pieces that I can which is great you know what is also really supportive an action plan how did you know I was going to talk about action plans? Because it's the thing that we have not talking talk, <laughs> talking about. It's that thing that we haven't talking about yet. Okay, go ahead. But yeah, <laughs> you you are right. Action plans. And what's really great about these action plans is they get us to sit down and think about the thing that we think we're going to have a hard time about. And they help us think about how we can be prepared in that moment in time without catastrophizing, without saying, I'm definitely going to have a bad time with this, but helps us feel more in control in this current moment and at the time if it does come up for us as a hard time. So we're going to actually walk you all through uh, what a potential action plan would look like using the example of we are really nervous about Christmas festivities coming up. So that's kind of the first part. The first part is thinking about what is that thing that I'm anxious about that I'm, you know, not looking forward to that I have, you know, some negative feelings associated with. And that is our Christmas festivities. And then the second part is going to be trying to narrow it down. So quite often when we are thinking about something that gives us a lot of emotions, we can cast quite a wide net. You know, Christmas festivities is huge and I can't really plan around that. I can't gain a sense of control when it's a whole season. So we need to narrow it down. And when we think about it, actually, the reason why I feel anxious is because I tell myself my family always fights at Christmas. So then after we kind of make that specific, what we'll do is we want to check in with ourselves in the, you know, immediate moment, how we're feeling about that. Um, So our action plan is intended for something that we can look back at when that is when we are nervous about that event. But for right now, we want to think, okay, so right now, how am I feeling about it? Let's say that I feel a four out of 10 for my, for my nervousness. And then after we kind of check in with ourselves about how we're feeling about it, we want to try to reframe the situation if we can. You know, we said that the specific thing is my family always fights at Christmas and we've used that always word. So we're making a really deterministic, um, really globalizing it. So we want to reframe it. So instead, we're going to tell ourselves my family has fought at Christmas last year. After we reframe it, if we're able to, then what we'll do and especially what we'll do if we're not able to reframe this is look into things that are going to be supportive for ourselves. The first thing that we want to do to be supportive for ourselves is going to be that physical thing, which in this case, I'm going to tell myself that if I get upset about this, um, you know, my family potentially fighting during Christmas, then I'm going to do 10 deep breaths. And then if, like Olivia said, the situation arises where the family begins to fight at Christmas, we're also going to do something emotionally supportive for us ourselves so we're prepared not only to do 10 deep breaths but we're also going to be prepared to set boundaries with our family and then you know 
I mean, there's lots of wiggle room. Make this thing your own. Make your action plan your own. So if you want to do something like set boundaries with your family, if that situation arises, you can even think about what are those boundaries that you're going to set? How are you going to set those boundaries? Just planning for yourself so that you know what you're going to do. If not, you can move right on to our last thing that we have listed here, which is checking in with ourselves again and seeing how we're doing now that we've done our supportive activities for ourselves. How are we feeling about the situation and what do we need to do moving forward so that we, you know, continue to feel better? Exactly. So for in this scenario, maybe we set our boundaries with our family and that was great. It was really helpful and really supportive for everybody in the room. But maybe we've checked in with ourselves and we don't feel great maybe we felt like us setting our boundaries didn't go as well as we wanted to so the way that we're going to support ourselves um, is we're going to go for a walk and choose to leave the situation so that we have that sense of control so just to recap our action plan is going to consist of thinking about what we might be um, anxious or nervous or anticipating making that specific checking in with ourselves, reframing that thought if we can and then setting out physical and emotionally supportive tasks for ourselves and then checking in again. And what I love about this is I really encourage us all to kind of take away these points and they're really, really supportive for those what ifs in our lives and help us to have a sense of control and to feel prepared, reduce our anxiety, reduce those strong emotions because we've thought about what am I going to do if this situation arises? And I just want to bring attention to, again, like we discussed earlier, you know, we do want to make sure that although we're planning for potential things that we know we've felt anxious about in the past, we don't want to find ourselves in a place where we are constantly thinking about that mm -hmm. and catastrophizing and globalizing those events. Maybe that's going to be kind of the one of the more final things we talk about today is how do we know when we've moved from kind of feeling a little bit prepared, being able to support ourselves for maybe some events that are coming up for us that we're concerned about, feeling anxious about, grief, to, like you said, when, do, when it starts to spread more, when we feel like we're constantly trying to plan and prepare and predict events and have full control over things. I would just say that we should be aware of how often we are thinking about that. Um, if, we're, if that's something that we're thinking about every day or maybe even every week, perhaps we need to reevaluate what we're feeling and look at it more at look at it as if it's more of a um, potential challenge that we're having with anxiety in general. Yeah. How much is it impacting our day to day lives? Like you say, if it's impacting our lives where this is actually the main focus of our brain and our thoughts, then that's quite a high impact on how we want to lead our lives, right? And that might be when we want to seek some external support rather than just trying to manage all of this on our own. Yep. I, I think one big thing I kind of do want to talk about is just a little bit of validation as well. I love validation. Validate me, Becky. <laughs> Have we ever described what the word validation means on this podcast? I feel like we use the word, but I don't know if we've ever actually said what we mean by that. Probs not. And I don't really know what validation is, <laughs> to be honest. I, all I can think about is compliments. Validation equals compliments. I'm sure that's wrong. So what is it? It's identifying that what you are feeling is okay. 
ah, <laughs> makes sense why I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's, you know, validation is telling yourself stuff's valid. And I know that's like a real cop out of an explanation, right? But so often we judge ourselves or we critique ourselves based on what we think or what we experience, what we feel. That's what we seem to do as humans. But validation is the opposite of judging ourselves or criticizing ourselves. It's saying, hey, that's okay. And for me to feel this way or for me to experience this, that's what's going on for me right now. And that's okay. And why we want to end on that piece of validation is because at the end of the day, no matter which one of these techniques you're using, no matter what you're experiencing, what you're experiencing is valid. Whether that is something that we need more support with, that we want to support ourselves with, um, something that we're anxious about. Maybe it's something that we have been catastrophizing. Those feelings and what you're experiencing, no matter what those things are, are always valid. Your feelings are always, always valid. Um, It's just a matter of what we can do to best support ourselves and those feelings. Yeah, I don't think it could have been worded better. Mic drop. I think that's where we should finish it. All right. Good luck, everyone. Try the action plan out. If you like it, let us know. If you hate it, then also let us us know. And uh, (laughs) goodbye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. You can find us on all major podcast streaming platforms. And if you don't want to miss any future episodes, you can follow us or subscribe to What Really Works. To find more from Discovery College, go to discoverycollegecolona.com. And thanks again to Staple Studio in supporting us to produce this podcast.